Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I am joined by the spender that likes to remind me of what I should and shouldn't do, Heather. <laughs> you should buy me ice cream, and you shouldn't <laughs> judge me for eating it, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> what? Why would I do that? Why would I judge you for anything? Come on. We, we talked about that last week, I think. That's right. That's right. You're working on it. It's something I'm working on. Well, we have another great show planned for you today. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of budgeting. Yeah. Your favorite topic. I do love budgeting. I seem to bring that up from time to time. I love budgeting. <laughs> It's growing on me. <laughs> well, I mean, you, we've known it for a while now. I feel like a teacher, though. The do's and don'ts. Aww. It's time for class, everybody. <laughs> Pull out the old notebook and get your number two pencils ready. Let's take some notes. <laughs> All right. Well, we've we've talked about budgeting. We had a full episode on budgeting. We've it's kind of come up from time to time again. But you know, th- this is something that I think it's good to continue to come back to, and we. We haven't talked in depth about budgeting for a while, and I think it, budgeting is really this great tool that we need in order to help meet our financial goals. Yeah, what I do like about it is it is something practical that you can actually put into use and can see results with. A lot of times we talk principles-based and theoretical, but this is actually really something that people can put into practice It's an actual tool that they can pull out of your toolkit, and if you're kind of just lost or looking for something, and I really think it can can really, to your point, meet your goals. True. A lot of times we talk about thinking about things in a certain way, or we talk about conversations that you need to have, and this is so much just here is almost a formula to success. Right, <laughs> the for closest all you, thing to a formula for, for for success. Right, for all you practical people, this is your episode today. This is your jam. <laughs> I'm a pretty practical person. That's probably why I like it, it so much. It probably is why you like it. It's probably why I struggle. <laughs> oh well, you know, I, the other thing I really think is important to bring this topic up again is because it's so easy to get budget fatigue, um, especially if you're not a budget person. Right. Really? Do you really believe that yourself? <laughs> I so I don't think I get budget fatigue, but I recognize it in others. Yeah. So it, I have friends that have done budgeting and it's like, oh yeah, we that's something we did for a while, but then you know it didn't quite work out for us. Or, and and okay, maybe this is me getting a little judgy, but when people say, Oh yeah, you know, it didn't necessarily it wasn't really our thing or it served its purpose, I kind of wonder in the back of my head, I'm wondering, did you run into some problems? Is that the real reason you're not doing it? And that's why you're saying it's not for you? Or is there something else? Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, anything that cre- co- requires you to be really, you know, repetitive and keep in a habit, it it, 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 can, it gets to be fatigued after a while. So I can see it is hard to keep motivated and remind people why they're doing it and the benefits of of keeping at it. it. Yeah, so that's why I think it's important to just, yeah, 
reemphasize reemphasize the importance. And and as we're reemphasizing that, I think it's also important to remember that that every situation is different and every budget is going to be different as well. And so that means if if you have a lot going on financially in your household, your budget might be a little more complex than someone that does not have as much going on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to remember is that this can look a million different ways. Uh, not every budget is the same, nor is it going to be. And so it can be, you know, as simple as you need it to be, or if you really want to get fancy, it can. So there's a large spectrum of what a budget can look like. So don't get freaked out by, oh my gosh, this budget, this sounds scary. Bah, you know, we're going to give you some really helpful tips and you can make it hopefully keep it really simple and to have it be something that works for your situation. And, and I would encourage you if you've tried budgeting before and it hasn't worked, if it's because it's been too cumbersome, maybe it's because what you were doing was too complex. I'm yeah. not saying it was, but, but maybe, maybe that w- that's something you should at least consider. How do you start with a simpler budget and then build up from there as needed. Yeah. It's so funny that I never really liked budgeting in my personal life since it's kind of what I do for my living. Um, working in finance, like I'm, that's all I, you're the queen of budgets. We have to do budgets and (laughs) hold people accountable to budgets. Maybe it was like that, you know, you hold, the thing is though, you hold other people accountable to budgets. Right. It's like, I'm going to do that at work. I just don't want to have to do it at home. point. Good point. Yeah. Well, I I think, you know, for as people are starting their budgets and they're just getting going, one of the things that that I would also recommend is is trying, don't just jump into figuring out your budget right on day one. Uh, Get a baseline first. Understand where you are today before you start changing everything up. You want to make sure that you, that you understand your current situation. And that can take a little bit of time to fully understand. Right. I mean, any budget is going to be based on your current state. So unless you know where your expense is, where your money is going, you really aren't going to know how to budget. Because if you have no idea how much you're spending on groceries or, or car payment or anything, how do you know what to budget if it's $20 a month or $200? Uh, so one of the key things that I've heard as a tip is to just take your credit card statement if you use a credit card or your bank statement and just take highlighters and like pick different colors and be like the yellow color is food, the pink color is car, the, you know, and uh, the green color is utilities and just kind of go through and think, kind of just highlight your expenses by categories and try to add them up. And again, this can be as simple as here's the five main categories or I want to look at 26 categories. But yeah, you really have to start from where you're at, where your money's going today, to before you can start building a budget. 26 categories. I'm going to need a lot of highlighting markers, different I colors. Know. You're going to need to use all those Crayola. Maybe you need a Crayola. The, the 64-pack. That's right. <laughs> Trust me, there are enough colors in that rainbow. It is not just the Roy G. Biv. Okay, okay. I, I don't know if there's a 64-pack of highlighters, but um, so maybe when you're just Sounds like an out, opportunity. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. I, oh, that's a good idea. I can get into the highlighter sixty-four pack business. Oh, and and I think one of the, one of the things that's helped me, at least initially, and and has helped me continue as I go, is understanding understanding my goals. So like once we got into the um, once we got into our budgets, once we had our standards, 
it was all for me about what's that goal that we're working towards. At the time, it was we're paying down the house. We're, we're eliminating all this debt that we have. And when I have a goal sitting in front of me, I like to get laser focused on it. I, that, that's like all I think about. I think about how, so right now, Heather and I are trying to lose a couple pounds. So I- There's a little competition going on. There might be a little competition going on between the two of us. <laughs> it's We don't have a weight loss podcast. We get into it there if we did, but um, <laughs> there's a competition going on to, to lose some weight. And so I'm very focused on this. And it's kind of all I think about right now. And when we were paying off the house, that was pretty much all I could think about. And it's that kind of intensity I think you need to make progress. Like, I don't lose weight unless it's all I'm doing. I'm not paying down the house unless it's all I'm thinking about. It, My whole mind is engaged in it. Yeah, I think I've heard Ed Milet say this, I told David this, is that your obsession becomes your possessions if you really are focused on it. But I mean, I just look at this in work, right, in business. Like, every company that's successful has a plan and mm, they're held mm, accountable to it. Yeah. And if you're going to hit your targets and if you're going to be profitable, you're getting tracked against those goals. Right. And so I think goals are key. If you don't have goals, it's kind of like, what's the point? Why well, have a budget? If it's like, well, I don't really have a goal. It's like, well then maybe you don't need a budget because that, that's actually a good point. Yeah. If you're not <laughs> Just... planning to go anywhere in life, sure. You don't need a budget. If you're not trying <laughs> to get out of debt, if you're not trying to live below your means, you're not trying to save, well, if you're not... you could probably just turn off this podcast. But yeah, <laughs> if you don't care about your future, if you're not thinking about the future, then you don't need this. But trust us, you do want this. You do want goals. Go back and listen to our goal episode. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that that example because you're right. We any any business has to say this is where we're going, and they have to intentionally go there. They Apple didn't just fall into becoming this hugely successful, one of the most valuable companies in the world. That didn't just happen. They put out goals. They didn't just fall into that. And you're not just going to fall into successful finances. You have to set those as goals, and and doing that together. Doing that as a couple is is how you make that happen. One of the and I know we've talked about this before a few times, but but that's been one of the cool things about our marriage, Heather, is is that we've been able to have these conversations together on a regular basis. And every time we do, it feels like we get closer together because we get more excited about our future. We get more excited about what we've accomplished. And it encourages encourages us to have conversations that we might not otherwise have. Together forever and never <laughs> apart. <laughs> we really need to edit together all these song clips into like a, I know, a best we'll probably of have Heather to charge album. some fees for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's really key. I mean, this is a marriage podcast. If you're single, that's fine too. But if you are married, you really should be doing it together. Now, that doesn't mean you can't like, like I usually prep ahead of time just realistically for us so that it goes faster. But you're right, like, it's it's a lot of fun to go through it together and be excited about our goals and see the progress we're making. And I think it wouldn't be as fun if it was just kind of me doing it in the si- and sidelines and you not engaged or vice versa, right? Not at all. Yeah. So it, that's what makes it so exciting for me is that I see, yes, we decided we were going to go after this and we're going after it. We're, we're getting it done. We're making progress. We are conquering these goals that we put in front of us. That is... That's exciting to me. Oh, the other thing that you should remember is that, you know, every month is different. 
And I'm not just talking about the number of days in a month, which there are different days. But, (laughs) you know, certain months you're going to have a holiday. You're going to have Christmas. Oh, my goodness, we got a budget for Christmas or birthdays. Or maybe you're going on vacation. Or maybe you're working tons. You're not going to spend any money that month. David probably likes that idea. That's a good one. Or (laughs) maybe... Maybe you're locked up because of COVID and you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. So just remember, I mean, you have a baseline you can start with, but don't forget that things do fluctuate and there are changes from month to month. There are. And so you need to adapt from month to month. And that's why that's why Heather and I have a conversation every single month about what's coming up. What are the what are the birthday gifts that we need to buy this month that we didn't have to buy last month? Oh, the, it's it's a colder month this month, so our heating bill is going to be a little more expensive. Or it's a hotter month this month, so our air conditioning is going to be used more. So every month is a little bit different. And then we we also in our budget we if if we're having a month where we say yeah this is a special month where we have to spend a lot, maybe we have a planned maintenance effort that has to has to happen, or maybe we have an we have, um, I don't know, uh, maybe it's Christmas and we have a lot of birthdays or something, or a lot of a lot of gifts to buy. We might have to cut back on other other areas of the budget that month in order to make it all work. And so we we think about different areas to trim as we go too. Right. Or the opposite of that, you look at different areas you want to increase. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there are two sides to the equation. <laughs> it could be a savings category. You didn't let me finish. It could be. But the point is, is that it is good to revisit. And yeah, look at the areas. Should we be cutting? Is this an area we've been overspending in? Is this an area we need to increase? And yeah. And and But I would say with most couples, maybe... Okay, I don't have research backing this up. Yeah, I'd like to see your research there, Dr. Prell. <laughs> but... but I would say with most couples, if you're just starting out with a budget, odds are there are some places in there where you can trim back a little bit. Maybe you don't need three or four streaming service subscriptions. Maybe you don't need to eat out as much as you do. And that all goes back to your goals, right? Like, what are your goals? If you put your budget together and you realize, oh man, like, this doesn't add up. We got more going out than coming in. It's like, okay, we got a problem. We got to trim it in. Or, hey, our goal was to save X amount for whatever, a new house, uh, pay down debt, a vacation. And if you're not making that, it's like, okay, well, where? what do you need to change to hit those goals? But like you said, it, it's, it's a two-sided approach. So right. if you're on track or maybe even ahead on those goals... Then you can say, well, what what's maybe another goal that we could be putting that additional money towards? Or maybe we want to increase lifestyle or whatever we could do. But now you have options in order to make adjustments. Um, and then I, I think when you're, when you're budgeting, or at least when we're budgeting, one thing we found really helpful is not to plan more than a month ahead. Now, you, you could maybe plan two months ahead. We really... We really only plan no more than a month ahead. Um, we do have our annual cycle, but the problem is when you when you look out beyond a month, it gets really hard to know what's going to come up in two months or three months. You, you you don't necessarily know, or you might like a month ahead. You might say, "Oh yeah, the car is making a funny noise. I probably am going to need to bring it in next month." But you're not going to know three months from now that the car is going to make a funny noise. So you don't want to 
plan that far out. Yeah, I think the other thing is is you don't want to just set it and be like, I'm going to come back to it in a couple months. Because Ooh, good point. to your point, things do change. And so you want to check in on how are you doing against that? And was there something that shocked or maybe someone lost a job or you know, there's some situation. And so if you, if you plan too far out, you might just kind of set it and go without like checking in to update and refresh. Budgets are not a Mr. Popeil situation. Oh, that takes you back to nineties, <laughs> late eighties, uh, the set it and forget it. Budgets are not set it and forget it. No, no, it, it helps to come back and, uh, <laughs> and to, and to revisit. And and like I said before, it's a good excuse to have a conversation with your spouse. And if you don't like talking with your spouse... Do you need an excuse to talk to me? Well, I feel like there'd be better excuses if you wanted to get my attention than a budget, <laughs> just so you know. There's a lot of other things I would pick before a budget if you want to talk to me. Ooh, like what? <laughs> well, that's time for another oh, podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> also, when you're starting with your budget, to build a budget for the first time... You should start with the most important categories first. For example, the ice cream budget. It Wait, is I, a f- what? <laughs> it is a food. <laughs> it's important. Okay. It's, okay. Sorry. I'll, the I'll, wine budget. Oh my god. You need goodness. to have a line item. No, but in all seriousness, I'll give you that food should be towards the top of your budget. But in all seriousness, you do need to budget for the important categories like food. And so start with those. Start with your main categories. You know, the Maslow hierarchy of needs. You need food, you need shelter, you need transportation. Like if you're trying to figure out, I don't even know what to start with. Start with those main categories. Keep it simple and you can make it more complex as you see necessary. But that's a good place to start. That's right. Work your way down work your way down the list. And then as you're working your way down the list, you there are a lot of ways for you to be able to capture and record what your budget is. So Heather and I keep it pretty darn simple. We do it in a Google spreadsheet. So it can be incredibly simple there, but there are apps too that you can use. And so a lot of people will use um, apps like you need a budget, the the YNAB app. Um, you can use Mint. You can use Every Dollar. There's there's a whole bunch of apps out there that you can use. Quicken, I think, does this. Like, tons of different apps will allow you to track your budget, however you want to track it. Yeah, and I say that's a great place to start if you have no idea where to get started, or I don't even know how to open Excel, or how do I even put numbers in. Like, there's so many amazing resources out there today that really. There's no excuse. Like, just start with something easy. These are really great tools out there. A lot of them are free or for minimal cost. So, yeah, exactly. No reason to recreate the wheel. We just didn't know about these when we started a gazillion years ago, and so we kind of just <laughs> stayed with what we had. One gazillion years we've been doing this. We've only been married for thirteen and a half, but we've been doing this for a gazillion. It feels like. <laughs> How many zeros is that? I think it's like one budgeting year is the equivalent of like a hundred years. Like it's kind of like a dog's life. One year for a dog is like seven. That's not true. How much do you budgeting to make it feel that long? I'm pretty sure there's research on that. I'll find that. Just like your research. Yeah. Listeners, if there isn't a link in the show notes, that means that this is not (laughs) backed up by research. And so take what Heather says with a grain of salt. Um, but as you're going through and you're doing your budgeting, 
it can be frustrating. I know we, we talked at the start of the episode a little bit about the how people oftentimes give up on their budgets midway through. They get frustrated, something happens, they go off plan, or things don't quite go the way they expected, or it's just a hard conversation, or I don't know. There's a whole host of reasons that you might give up. I'm just asking, please don't give up. Give it some time. Give it a few months. Stick with it because it will pay dividends when you stick with it. Yeah, I heard on a podcast the other day about the definition of integrity is like keeping your promises to yourself, like what you do in private. And I feel like this kind of falls into that category. It's like if you're going to do this, commit to it. Commit to it at least for six months because this isn't something that it's going to go perfect the first time. It's going to be hard for a while. It's clunky. You're trying to figure it out. So it is something you want to commit to it for six months. Take the time to get better at it. It'll become easier. It'll become more natural. It'll become more of a habit. But it isn't something that is going to be really easy overnight. And that was kind of a big eye-opener for me when you called that out. Um, you, you mentioned that to me a few days ago around in, integrity is is sticking to what you say you do, and that applies to yourself as well. And oftentimes we give ourselves a pass and like, wow, okay, yeah, I, I should not be giving myself a pass to promises I make for myself. Exactly. Um, the next thing you don't want to do is make it too complex. This is my life mantra, especially right now in my work life. Keep it simple, sweetie. Um, that's what I like to say. <laughs> we, we, we often over-engineer and make things super fancy and all of the bells and whistles and it's got to have all the macros and everything. And it's like, no, if you make it too complicated, you're never going to do it. You're not going to be able to repeat it. It's just, this isn't something that needs to be hard. We talked about at the beginning how there's a spectrum, right? And so people can have really detailed budgets and whatever, if you want to color code them and have them fancy and have charts and whatever. But if you're new to this and it's something you don't love, like seriously, just keep it simple. It doesn't need to be that hard. You were talking about your 26 highlighters at the beginning of the episode. And I cringed a little bit when you said that. And maybe, maybe there's someone out there that really has to have 26 categories. But when you're first starting out, especially start with a lot less than 26 you start small work your way up keep it simple it, it, yeah if you have too many categories it's going to feel complex if you have too many formulas in your spreadsheet if it gets if it's a lot to manage it's going to be too complex if you have too many too many bank accounts that you're trying to work and reconcile against and pull in and you have you have the credit card and you have the bank account and you got the checking account and you've got all these different different accounts sitting out there that you're having to look at every month it's probably too much and it's probably going to be too much work and you're probably going to get frustrated and it's going to take too much time so try to simplify your finances and your accounts as much as possible yeah and they often say that complexity is the enemy of execution so if it is something that you're gonna we're asking you to commit to for six months if it's just too hard and too complicated you're not going to do it because you're gonna be like this is stupid this is really hard so the only way you're going to execute and do it is if you keep it simple yeah more is not necessarily best in this situation um and then you need to remember that that you should not be overly 
strict on your budget. So what this was, is one what, that... What was that? Really? Well, yes. So now, Heather. Heather's <laughs> calling me out because I do Hi, like Pot. to stick to <laughs> the kettle. budget. I like to stick to the budget. I do. But I also recognize that things come up. But but here, here's, the, here's the deal. I struggle a little bit with uh, veering from the budget because... I don't want it to become an flexibility to become an excuse for free spending. So I think there's a balance here between just saying, ah, well, this came up and so we had to do it this month and it's a one-off. And that like, okay, well, there's this one-off and it happens every month. Well, it's not really a one-off then. So there, there's a balance between some freedom and some some flexibility and not targeting your goals. I think we the, the, the spirit of a budget is that we've decided to say yes to certain things and we've decided to say no to certain things. And if the things we decided to say no to all of a sudden end up in that, well, we're being flexible, that's where I think I have a bigger problem. Yeah, I mean, you just have to take it as it comes. I mean... If the car breaks down and you've got two weeks left in the month and it's like, well, we didn't budget to go get the you drive fix shaft it. fixed. You got to fix it, right? So it's like uh, there's those things. And then, you know, there may be a random happy hour you get invited to or a friend who had a bad week that you want to take out for ice cream. Don't not do life because, well, I didn't exactly write that into the budget. Now, to your point, you still need to make sure that you're following your goals and that there's a plan. But I think you just, you do need to be realistic that things come up in life and you need to have a conversation about it and say, Hey, this came up. And and we've had that. Like I've had, Hey, my friend is going through this tough time. I'd like to get this gift for them. Are you okay, David? And it's usually not, it's usually not something that comes up that wipes out the budget. Right. Um, Because there are things, I mean, your your budget's never going to be perfect. You're not going to budget everything perfect. So there's going to be, Pluses and minuses, but I think the important thing is you're talking about it. You're talking about it. You're being transparent. Right. Um, you're getting everything out in the open. Exactly. And we don't want to. But but like I was saying, it's all around. It's all around the spirit of the budget. Let's follow the spirit of the budget to make sure that that we're working towards our goals and we're not sabotaging ourselves. Right. So we want you to keep up the discussion and carry it on with you and your spouse. So for the, you at home, um, talk about budgeting. So I'm not sure where you're at. Maybe you already do budgeting. Maybe you've never done a budget. Maybe you're starting to talk about it. So if you were budgeting and you stopped, have a conversation about what did not work. Like David said, why did you stop? What was the real reason? There had to have been something, maybe it was too complex maybe you just didn't keep the promise to yourself, figure out what that real reason was. If you are budgeting, awesome. Talk about what has been the best benefit of budgeting, how it's reaching, helping you reach your goals. And if you aren't budgeting, talk about why. Is it fear, thinking you don't have the time, it's going to be too restrictive? So hopefully you can talk about something in those those categories wherever you fall in your marriage So we'd love to also hear from you on your do's and don'ts of budgeting. Maybe you have other ideas that we didn't even cover. So 
Well, we're going to be posting on Instagram and we'd love to hear a comment or drop us a message about other do's and don'ts that you have. So David, what is your favorite part besides all of it oh. of the budgeting discussion or process? I was going to say, you're making me pick here. And I'm talking about our budgeting, not like the budgeting you do at work. Okay. The Prail budget. Got the Prail it. family budget. I, I would say our budget's probably more fun than the work budgeting that I do. <laughs> well, it's a lot smaller, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the numbers are quite a bit smaller on our side. I'm drop off side, a few zeros, but but that's okay. okay. It's it's more fun because it's my money. Um, yeah, so I, I think the the thing that I enjoy most is, and I sp- spoke to this a little bit before, is uh, us coming to an agreement on what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. We're making choices together. It's it's those choices that we're making, those that prioritization that we're doing. That's that conversation about here's what we value and where we're putting our money against. I enjoy that a lot. And I don't know. I, I think that's, like I said before, that's just a great opportunity for us to grow closer together because we're, we're, this is something we're doing together. And I find that incredibly exciting. Incredibly exciting. I I do. I mean, you make fun, but I do no. find it exciting. It I is know cool. you do. He gets pretty excited when it's budget time. <laughs> I do. I'm so always asking, when are we doing budget committee? Like, <laughs> because, because, uh, yeah, I get, I get pumped up for it. I'm ready to go. I'm That's ready to awesome. go. I got to figure out the time. And then if I had to, uh, can I throw in a, a favorite, um, a sure, favorite it's your podcast. So go ahead. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be surprised, but I think my favorite line item on the budget might be the fun money line item or the, the pocket money line item. I think interesting because we haven't used that one in like have, a year and a half. It's been a long time <laughs> since we've actually used it and I miss it. But at the same time, it's like here, there's nothing to buy. I can't buy things. I can't do stuff, but, um, it's just different here. But when we were in the U S I would say that was my favorite line item. That's exciting. I'm glad to hear that you're normal. That makes <laughs> me feel better. Um, I think, I think we actually talked about this on the last podcast. I think last time I said that my favorite part is when it's over, um, which was supposed to be funny, but it probably wasn't. Um, I, I do actually like reconciling the numbers because I'm a total accountant. So it's pretty exciting when it ties out, but, uh, I do my favorite part with us in the marriage is seeing how we're doing against our goals. Like I love going to the savings tab at the end of it and being like, all right, let's update this. Where are we at on our savings goals? How are we tracking? How far ahead usually are we on that goal? So um, that's really fun for me to see how we're doing against our goals. That That is super awesome. I really like the savings part. I So I didn't say savings because I feel like that's obvious when you're talking about me, right? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to be too predictable on this, but, but you're totally right that like it is super exciting to look at that. And and that's something we do is we have we have our monthly in our spreadsheet, we have a, a tab for every month, and then we have a savings tab for that year to say, how are we tracking against our goals for that year? And it's really fun um, to check that. And we check it at the end of every month. How are we tracking against our goals for the year? It's super awesome. Anyway, I that wraps up our conversation for today. I just want to thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear about how your conversations about money have gone or to take your questions on a future episode. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. 
Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere.